81 down, 284 to go. My name is Chris. This is At A Theater Near Me, the podcast where I go to the movie theaters every single day for an entire year. Today, I'm going to be talking about the movie Umma, but I'm going to spend most of the show talking about the Oscars. But before I go any further, are you sick of skyrocketing prices and vendors never having anything on the shelf? For 40 years, KL Jack has been the premier industrial supplier in Northern New England. They are a proud family-owned company headquartered in Portland, Maine. They proudly distribute quality brands such as Lennox, 3M, DeWalt, and strong, durable, American-made Viking brand drill bits and cutting tools. Head over to kljack.com right now and use promo code TIM10, that's TIM10, to get 10% off your first online order. KL Jack has the quality fasteners, abrasives, safety products, cutting tools, and chemicals you need to keep costs down and to keep rolling. KL Jack has locations throughout Maine and New Hampshire, but shipping nationwide daily. You order it, they pick it, they pack it, and they ship it. If you are an electrician, plumber, or work in HVAC, this is a no-brainer. If you have any industrial supply questions at all, reach out to Tim Riggles on Twitter. That's at T-I-M-R-I-D-G-O-L-D-S. Or go to kljack.com right now. Use that promo code TIM10, TIM10, and you will get 10% off your first online order. Okay, I'm going to bring Mark on with me here. Hello, Mark. Hey, Chris. Thanks for having me on. I'm excited I, to talk Oscars. Absolutely. I'm bringing Mark on. Mark, Mark's my buddy here, and he's one of a few people I know that watches the Best Picture nominees every year. He, he's watched them. How, how many years in a row have you done this? You've done this a few years. So I started with uh, one of my buddies in college in uh, around 2014, uh, but then I've worked my way back. I've, I've seen most of them since 2000 at this point, uh, working, working back Perfect. to get back into like the 90s and the 80s still. But uh, I'm a little younger than you, Chris, so I'm a little far behind on, on some of the 80s, 90s nominations. Well, I think everybody's a little younger than me, but uh, we'll be, we won't be talking any 80s or 90s today. I think it's just, just going to stick to uh, 2022 films or 2021 films, really. And this has been a pretty good movie year. Uh, and we, there's been some movies that have been either great or borderline great. But here are the Best Picture nominees for anyone that doesn't know. Uh, and we'll walk through these. So we have Belfast, Coda, Don't Look Up, Drive My Car, Dune, King Richard, Licorice Pizza, Nightmare Alley, The Power of the Dog, and West Side Story. If you go to Bovada, uh, as far as the odds, Power of the Dog and Coda are basically neck and neck. Is that what you're seeing on the Barstool app? I see Power of the Dog as a slight favorite. Yeah. Uh, they're in the negative money. You've got Coda there in second place. Uh, they were 8-1 to one as, as recently as a month ago. Uh, the odds have really jumped up in favor of Coda. Of Coda. Yeah, everything changed with the with the uh, the SAG Awards. So uh, Coda won the Best Ensemble for the Screen Actors Guild, which is a pretty large branch. And then uh, what a week and a half later, they won the PGA, which is the Producers Guild uh, for Best Picture. So those are two pretty big branches. And when movies win both of those, typically they do go on to do quite well and win Best Picture. The only thing is, Power of the Dog has had the most nominations coming in, like thirteen, and had been the the presumptive favorite the entire way here up until like the last couple of days. And now it's pretty close. The other movie I do want to mention as far as that even has a shot here is Belfast at, and they're at plus 1200. Are you seeing the same thing? Yeah, it's right around there. And uh, uh, just to kind of spoil it, uh, that's actually my top movie of this batch. I think that's the, the best movie that was nominated for best picture this year. Yeah. I'm in the same boat. 
Um, Belfast is the best movie that has come out this year. I absolutely love it. I know some people knock it a little bit for being too sentimental. That's a wrap. Dakota gets a lot. Um, but I just thought it was a perfect movie. It, it was it was it was fantastic performances. I thought it was brilliantly directed by Kenneth Branagh, who I've had some issues with in the past with some of his stuff. This is by far the best thing he's ever done. Uh, I laughed. I cried. I, I felt all the emotions. It really just did everything. Uh, really well and it put you in a situation in a world that i i'm not terribly familiar with you know 1968 uh, belfast is not you know in my wheelhouse of go-to uh things i know about so i felt like i learned a lot i felt like i experienced something special and i was also really entertained yeah i thought that the direction was brilliant um i think that this this class had some really strong cinematography uh i think you'll kind of see that throughout i think that a lot of the directors this year did an excellent job um, I thought this movie in particular, um, I was kind of hesitant. You know, I, I think that black and white is a bold decision to go for, uh, especially in 2022 when you're trying to compete with, you know, the colorful Marvel movies and uh, even West Side Story, which is super bright, colorful movie. Um, and I think that that contrast, especially when you see the open where they cut from the color into the black and white, uh, I just felt like it was really powerfully shot. I thought that all the performances were great. Uh, you know, it, it's pretty rare to see a child actor take on a lead role and really carry a film. And I really felt like this this movie was able to do that. Um, and I, I really think that the cast had a lot of chemistry. Uh, I just thought that this movie kind of had a, a head and shoulders up on on the rest of the, of the of the group here. I mean, you mentioned like competing and like, you know, it does compete from a critical standpoint, but from a box office, it didn't even bring in $10 million. So the black and white thing, I think, definitely held it back uh, among a mass audience. I mean, a lot of those movies didn't make, you know, you mentioned West Side Story didn't do well either, but at least West Side Story almost made 40 million. I mean, you know, Belfast made a quarter of that. So this is a movie that just people just didn't see. And they had an opportunity. It's not like Coda where it was only streaming. This has been in the box office and people just chose not to see it. As far yeah, as like- I mean, they didn't have, West Side Story has Steven Spielberg to ride to the box office. People are going to go out and see things that he does. And you know, when, when you're coming off Murder on the Orient Express, you're not exactly begging people to come see your movies. No, but I think Brown at least is somewhat of an, it's not like Drive My Car, which like no one knows anyone who's in that. You know, like it, this is a movie that at least had some, I don't say star power. It doesn't have that necessarily, sure. but I mean, there's some familiar faces. Uh, I, I would have thought it would make 10 million, you know, $9 million box office. That's a, that's sad. It bums me out. Cause I love the movie. Now, uh, Academy Award voting is ranked voting. So what would be your second pick if you had, if you had a vote? So I've got code number two. Um, I don't cry at movies very often. Uh, this is the first time I cried since I saw Manchester by the sea. Uh, this movie is, is really heartfelt. Um, you know, it's been beaten to death, but the fact that, uh, this movie didn't get a Best Actress nomination. It, it, it's it's silly, frankly, and and there were a lot of great female performances in movies this year. Uh, but but to me, uh, uh, this was the best one uh, by a lot. I think when, when you talk about her learning to sign, her having to sing, her progression, uh, her face is basically on screen the entire movie. Uh, I thought this was a great movie. Uh, I didn't think it was too sappy at all. I thought that every beat was just right. I thought that they did a great job making those impact moments really hit and uh, some of the most memorable scenes of the year from this one for me. Yeah, this is, I think we're on the same page again. I think Coda would be my second pick as well. I really love Licorice Pizza. I really enjoyed Nightmare Alley. Dune was quite good. Uh, those are probably my, my next group of movies rather uh, beyond Belfast and Coda, but those two stand out for me. Uh, Coda, 
I agree with you entirely uh, about the Lee Amelia Jones. She's fantastic. We'll get into Best Actress in a second. The movie itself, it does at times get a little sentimental. I can see that knock. With the worst director or with the worst performances, this is an after school special. Like th this treads pretty close to that line. I mean, you know, the family's watching her audition. There's some things that are a little bit like, ah, what are we doing here, guys? Or that's a little too on the nose. Um, so I can understand some of that criticism. Um, but you're absolutely right, though. I, I don't know any movie that wore its heart on its sleeve more. It's funny you mentioned Manchester by the Sea. Um, the director of CODA, Cyan Hater, uh, and she did not get nominated for Best, Best Director. Um, she did get nominated for Best Screenplay. Uh, but she reached out to Lonergan, like it was a Kenneth Lonergan, the guy that directed uh, Manchester by the Sea, because uh, they're filming the same area, you know, the Gloucester, that area. Uh, and she asked for tips on kind of where to shoot or what the best options were for shooting. Manchester by the Sea, if you haven't seen that movie, check it out. Uh, bring a lot of tissues, though. There's no movie that tackles grief, um, I don't know, more full on than, than Manchester by the Sea. That is an emotional experience, but an amazing film. Um, this isn't quite as good of a film as that, but... Um, I felt a lot happier leaving the theater after seeing this. I've left the theater feeling happier at every movie I've ever seen than <laughs> Manchester by the Sea. Except maybe Don't Look Up, which I didn't see in a theater, but uh, I didn't have a smile on my face at any point during that. No, we can talk maybe about the movies that don't belong here, in our opinion. So, like, Don't Look Up, uh, that, that was okay. It was fine. It has no business being a Best Picture nominee, in my opinion. Especially when you have some other decent movies out there. I would say this thing about Drive My Car... It, that just bored me to tears. I understand, like, it, it definitely did some artistic things that Don't Look Up didn't do. Um, so I think Drive My Car maybe is a better choice for a nominee here. But I'll tell you, I was less bored at Don't Look Up. Don't Look Up was, was I mean, Drive My Car was boring. Did you like Drive My Car at all? Oh, no. Uh, I gave that, um, that's sort of in, like, the uh, D minus, D plus range for me um i didn't enjoy it at all um i didn't need to sit there and watch people read a script to each other it's too long it's inaccessible um i, I think that the screenplay is really good um it is adapted from a novel though so that's probably more of a, a, a nod to the source material um i did think that some of the dialogue was quite strong but i mean there's really no score to speak of you're, you're kind of just sitting there the whole time waiting for it to be over i, I don't really understand its place here at all a third of that movie is watching actors do a table read of a old play. Uh, you're like watching rehearsals. It is it is is dreadfully boring at times. There's a couple of scenes, like you said, the dialogue is really profound and really interesting. It tackles grief in a in an interesting way, but it is dreadfully long. It is it's painfully boring. Uh, don't look up. You mentioned that. That it's just. It doesn't know what it wants to be. Does it want to be a comedy? Does it want to be like an, a sci-fi kind of action film of sorts? But one, the only thing it wants to be is this, you know, drill home this message, which is fine. I'm okay with message movies, and it's you know, I I believe in climate change. I, I'm I I see what he's trying to do there. It was just so over the top with the with the message hammering, and the fact the plot was just muddy. It's tough to make a movie with that cast not be really good, and um, Adam McKay managed to do it. Uh, you know, credit to him. But uh, I, I like a lot of Adam McKay's work. I just think that uh, I I don't know. I don't know that that this was the message that anybody really needed right now. I'm not sure this was resonating with anybody. And it wasn't funny. You can't make a comedy and have it not be funny. That's 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 rule number one. Yeah, it wasn't it wasn't funny. And at times there was like whole like 20, 30 minute period in the movie where there wasn't like a single joke told. So I don't even know if it was supposed to be a comedy. I don't know. It really bummed me out when you see movies like Worst Person in the World, which is fantastic. Uh that did doesn't Maybe the get best movie of the year. 
That's your best, your best movie of the year? Uh, it's number two for me. Me too. Uh, I had Pig with Nicolas Cage as the best movie of the year. Um, I, th I think that movie was criminally underrated. It came out too early and nobody really saw it. And it kind of just fell by the wayside. Uh, but if you get a chance to see Pig, or I don't know if you've seen it. I've not uh, seen it. It's really, really good. Um, it, it's fantastic. I would def definitely have that as my number one movie of the year. Um, and another movie that I loved was Green Knight with Dev Patel. Another great performance. Uh, that movie's beautifully shot. Uh, it's really unique. You don't really see anything like it. And uh, it didn't get any attention at all. So um, I, I think there were a few misses by the Academy, but there always are. So There are. And I think for the most part, they got it right. I can't bitch too much. Uh, Parallel Mothers, it, we'll talk about Best Actress, that got a nomination, but I think that deserved a Best Picture nomination. Uh, Spider-Man No Way Home, I think there's a place for that movie as well here. Honestly, except for Worst Person in the World, none of those movies would be something I would seriously consider for Best Picture. Let's move on to Best Director. So Jane Campion is the beyond heavy favorite. She is, she's going to win, um, I imagine. Uh, and you might say, well, why is that the case and not Best Picture? Well, because the CODA director is not even up for Best Director. So that's another reason why I don't think Power of the Dog is going to win Best Picture, is I think that they'll consider, oh, we're giving at least, at least Power of the Dog is getting something. So um, Campion, I have her as a minus 3,000 favorite, which is wild. If you're not a betting person, that means you got to bet $30 to win one. Um, so... It's just, she's just going to win. But the other nominees are this. Uh, Kenneth Brownoff for Belfast. Steven Spielberg for West Side Story. Ruseke Hamaguchi for Drive My Car. And Paul Thomas Anderson for Licorice Pizza. What's your take on Best Director? So I think I'm in the minority. I actually, uh, I rewatched Power of the Dog this week and I actually liked it. Um, I think the setting really worked well. Cumberbatch is fantastic. Um, I think that the way that the tension builds throughout, um, I think on rewatch, you kind of pick up on some of the, there's a very ambiguous ending. Um, I don't know if we're, we're spoiling movies or not. Yeah, I don't spoil um, it. Yeah, there's a very ambiguous ending, I would say. Um, it, it, I thought that it was really, really well done. And I think that the way that they tackled some of the themes in that movie were, were pretty subtle. You know, a lot of people get hung up on sort of the LGBT aspect of this movie. Um, but I really think there was a lot of layers to it. I thought Campion did a fantastic job. Um, it's, I'm not sure where they actually filmed it, but uh, New it Zealand, looks amazing. Yeah. Even on the small screen, it really pops. Um, I, I think champions a, a deserved winner here. Um, I, I would say, I think Branagh should be a little bit closer. I'm not sure that it should be this wide of a gap. Uh, I mean, Belfast is shot so well. And I, I know that, that, uh, there's more that goes into that than the directing, but, uh, you know, power of the dog is a bit long, but that's really my only critique of the movie. I thought it was really good and, uh, it's going to win for sure. Yeah, I thought Belfast Licorice Pizza were much were were very well directed. So I, I would have loved to see either of those movies get get a win here. It's not gonna happen. Pally Dog, I thought was okay. I just actually finished it today. I thought it was well directed. I'm still kind of processing it, I guess, a little bit, but the movie the movie didn't I didn't love the movie. I thought the script actually was pretty poor. Um, but the direction was was the highlight of the film, I guess, how it looked. Visually, it was very impressive to watch. I just don't know if it's a, a great or even a good movie. West Side Story, I I, I don't get it. Uh, I don't get any of the appeal of this movie. It's the original version has great music for its time. It was interesting. This just felt like a weird like photocopy. I, I don't understand. And I thought Drive My Car actually was pretty poorly directed. Um, I was bored the entire time. Uh, the performances were good and the script at times was quite good, but I thought the direction was really weak. Um, I, my pick would be Belfast, but it's it's there's no question what's going to happen here. If Campion doesn't win, it would be one of the biggest upsets in Oscar history. I actually, I didn't like West Side Story at all. Um, I didn't think it made any sense. It was super disjointed. It was way too bright for the story that you're telling. 
like you said, it's a remake. Why are we nominating a remake of a classic for best picture just because Steven Spielberg's tied to it? Um, I thought there were some lousy performances in that. Uh, and it, it just, why are you, why are you making this? It didn't make any sense to me. I, I don't get the appeal for it at all. Um, best actress. So we talked about this a little bit. I think this is a situation where I think both of us feel like some people got left out. So I'll give you the nominees. Jessica Chastain, uh, eyes of Tammy Faye, Nicole Kibben being the Ricardos, Penelope Cruz, parallel mothers, Kristen Stewart for Spencer and Olivia Coleman for the lost daughter. Uh, it's actually one of the tighter races, like one through five that you're going to see here. Uh, Jessica Chastain is the favorite. I wouldn't say heavy favorite, but definitely is, is the favorite. Um, but anyone could win this and I wouldn't be completely shocked. My biggest issue with this category is who wasn't nominated. So um, I would have liked to seen Lady Gaga for House of Gucci. Uh, I would have really liked to have seen Amelia Jones for Coda. And then... Worst person in the world. Uh, I always mispronounce her name. I'm gonna I'm gonna mispronounce it again here. Renette Rensivy. This is one of the best performances I've ever seen an actress give. Period. I mean, she's just fantastic in that role. Um, and then I'm really happy Penelope Cruz got one for Parallel Mothers. But I, this is a, a, a year where I think the actresses were better than the actors. Like I think the actress list is more stacked than the best actor list. But what, what's your take on this category? Yeah, I think I agree with you. I didn't. Uh, I didn't think that Nicole Kidman was even good, let alone great. Uh, that movie as a whole was really bizarre. Uh, I love Javier Bardem. I thought he was great in it. Um, I know I heard your review of it. You said you didn't think he was that good. I really did. Uh, I thought he fit into that really well. I just didn't understand the purpose of making that. And I, I, as a whole, I'm not a big fan. You know, we'll talk about it when we get to Best Actor too. Uh, of portrayals of, of of real life people, I think that you end up just doing an imitation of somebody instead of kind of falling into the role. Um, and, and for me, this definitely hit that category of uh, Nicole Kidman was just weird in it. Same thing with Kristen Stewart. I mean, Spencer's a snooze anyway. Um, it's a real slug to get through that. I don't care about the Royal family. Uh, I was, I was barely born when princess Diana passed away. Like that just doesn't hold any interest in my life at all. Uh, so both of those movies didn't really hold me. Um, and then as far as Jessica Chastain, the favorite, Again, another movie where you're playing a real person didn't do much for me. Uh, I think she's a great actor. I think this is almost kind of a makeup award for her. Uh, she's had some great performances in the past. And I think they're trying to to toss her one here because I'm not, you know, you talk about movies nobody's seen. I'm not sure anybody saw The Eyes of Tammy Faye. I haven't. I haven't seen it yet. Um, I did see The Lost Daughter with Olivia Coleman, and she's good in that. That movie is just kind of clunky, and then it just kind of like fades out at the end. I, I didn't really like the yeah. movie. She gives a good performance. I don't have a problem with her nomination. Nicole Kidman, like you mentioned, I have a real issue with this. So she's, she's bad in the movie. The movie's bad. She's bad in it. Um, like you mentioned, it is basically just doing, you know, bad SNL imitations of, of these characters. And we're so familiar, especially if you're a certain age, you know, you're probably young, but like I grew up with Isla Lucy on syndication. It was on all the time. And obviously people older than me, they grew up with it, you know, or watched it when they were kids, uh, you know, on TV regularly. Um, so it's a movie that a lot of people, you know, 40 plus have a real attach or show people 40 plus have real attachment to. Um, and I, I thought she just missed the mark. And you said, I honestly would have loved to have seen this kind of movie made with someone beyond the cast and beyond Aaron Sorkin directing it. And I guess writing it, it wasn't a very good script either. I enjoy shows about TV or movies about TV shows, but I just didn't, I just didn't like this. Uh, I, I thought it was terrible. Um, so who would be your pick for best actress? I guess I would go with Chastain. Um, I wouldn't have an issue with Coleman doing it either. I mean, I think she's one of the best actresses alive. I just, 
I think that all of these are are kind of close with the exception of Kidman. So, uh, you know, I, I'd probably go with the favorite here. I think Chastain probably has this one. All right, best actor. Will Smith is, is going to win here. He's a heavy favorite. So I'll give you the nominees. Will Smith for King Richard. Benedict Cumberbatch for Power of the Dog. Andrew Garfield for Tick, Tick, Boom. Denzel Washington for Tragedy Macbeth. And Javier Bardem for being the Ricardos. Uh, it's a pretty weak group, I'll say. Um, I have not seen Tick, Tick, Boom, so uh, I'll throw Garfield out of it. But those four performances, I don't think any of them were particularly great. I thought Cumberbatch was pretty good. Uh, it's a tough role because he's just basically being an asshole for two hours. Um, there's some layers to performance. I don't mean to minimize it like that, but there's it, it's not the, one of the great performances of all time. And I just, King Richard was fine, but this, I mean, and he and Will Smith was was fine in it, but I don't know, it wasn't a movie I think about a lot. Not at all. Uh, I liked King Richard. I, I do think Will Smith was the best of this bunch. Um, I, I'd i probably have him and, and Cumberbatch neck and neck. Um, but yeah, I mean, King Richard's fine. Um, I didn't think he was the best part of it. You know, I, I thought that, um, I, I'm at a loss for words for the, for her name, but uh, the, the woman who played his wife, I thought was much better. I thought that she really outclassed him when they were on screen together. And um, And for me, the highlight of the film was these two young actresses who were able to to play tennis and make it look really authentic and believable. Some of those sequences were, were really fantastic. Um, but the, to me, the strength of the movie was not Will Smith. Um, I think he's, he's just, he's more, he's always been a movie star to me as more than an actor. Um, I, I kind of find that him, him and Tom Hanks have the same kind of thing where I'm watching one of those two guys play a character instead of watching the character. You're it's, it's very hard to take him seriously as Richard Williams for me. I'm just watching Will Smith coach two girls play tennis. Yeah, I, the Will Smith thing is tough because we're so connected to him, like Fresh Prince of Bel-Air and obviously his movie roles and stuff. But I mean, like the pursuit of happiness, though, like I forgot it was Will Smith watching that. Like, I think that's his best performance. Um, I felt the same way with even like uh, I Am Legend. Like, I felt like I was watching the character, not necessarily Will Smith the entire time, although I can see it kind of bleeds in. It's tough. Uh, that actress is uh, Anne Janu Ellis, and she's up for Best Supporting Actress. Uh, and I agree with you that she was the best part of King Richard for sure. Um, one thing I do want to mention is I think the best acting performance this year was Clifton Collins Jr. in Jockey. Jockey's a really small movie. I, I don't know if you've, you probably haven't seen that, right? Like no one saw it. Yeah, no, I, I wouldn't have that. seen it if it wasn't for this project. It is, it's a really good movie. It's, it's almost like too small to get nominated for an Academy Award. Um, but he's a character actor. You would, you would totally recognize him if you saw him. Um, and he is fantastic in it. It is a, it's an amazing performance of this jockey that's at the end of his career and he's really upset about it. He's having some major like health issues and kind of how he's dealing with that, like his career, like fading in front of him. And it is like a really layered, quiet, but like poignant performance. I don't know. I thought that was the best performance all year by an actor. Um, but I think we both agree that it, Will Smith is likely going to, if anyone sneaks that out, it'd be Cumberbatch, but I, I don't, I don't see that happening. I think this is somewhere we should have seen Nicholas Cage for pig. Um, I, I thought he was fantastic in that. And again, a very quiet performance from Nicholas Cage. He didn't do any of his wacky, goofy, national treasure stuff. He was really understated uh, on screen a lot. And uh, I, I think that he was kind of robbed this year. I'm excited for Nick Cage's uh, new movie, The Unbearable Weight of Massive Talent. That's coming out uh, next month. So that that looks that looks interesting. And he looks like he's giving a good performance. Maybe we're seeing like a Cage uh, renaissance here. Okay, best supporting actress. Uh, Ariana DeBose, heavy favorite. Um, but you gotta, if you bet $15, you'll win one uh, for West Side Story. And then... Kirsten Dunst for Power of the Dog, uh, Anne Janu Ellis for King Richard, like we mentioned, Jesse Buckley for Last Daughter, and then Judy Dench for Belfast. Ariana Bose is going to win this, but Kirsten Dunst, 
if you bet one dollar, you'll win six. I think there's worse bets to make than that one. I think I I, I could see her sneaking in and stealing this. That could be your surprise. Uh, I wouldn't I wouldn't bet a ton of money, but um, I think if there's any kind of upset here, I could see them maybe not giving it to Bose because um, maybe she hasn't quote unquote earned it yet. I know actresses typically win Oscars much younger than actors do, but I could see them giving it giving it to Dunstier. Um, what's your take on this category? Yeah, I don't think it's quite as much of a runaway as, as some of the other categories, but uh, you know, all all of the the public sentiment is on Ariana DeBose for this one. Um, I thought she was the best part of West Side Story. I wouldn't say that she blew me away. Um, I actually thought that Judy Dench gave a great performance. I think maybe it was a bit too small to warrant her winning. I'm not sure that she had enough screen time for me to really feel like she deserves this one, but I thought that she was really, really good um, in Belfast. She's very subtle. Her expressions, she's so warm on screen. Uh, she just really, really worked well with uh, with that cast. But yeah, I agree with you. Kirsten Dunst is not somebody who I would typically think of as you know an Academy Award level talent, but I thought that she was great. Um, some of those scenes were so uncomfortable with Benedict Cumberbatch and um, they really worked well off each other. I thought it was a great casting. I thought everybody in that movie was a great casting. I mean, I love Jesse Plemons. I'd like to see him do a little bit more. He's been in a lot recently and he doesn't really miss for me. Um, so I, I also thought that um, Jesse Buckley in The Lost Daughter was really good. Um, I'd only seen her, I think, in one movie prior, um, but she was really great. Um, that's not a movie that I loved, but um, I thought that, that she was really special in that. And um, I'm not sure how you feel about that. I guess it's a tribute to her. So to Buckley's defense, I, uh, I really hated the character so much, this mom that abandons her kids, um, that... I found myself really just disliking the actress, which isn't her fault, uh, but I, I can't get kind of get past that, but maybe that shows you it was quite a good performance. Um, it was just such an unlikable role, but that's not her fault. Um, I completely agree about Kirsten Dunst. The casting in that movie was very good. I also think she looked like someone I imagine in 1920s Montana, or at least like what I've seen pictures of. Like there was one of the most, I don't know if it's the costuming was so good or just the, the makeup and hairstyle or obviously the performances, but I definitely felt like I was there. I know a movie, like if we said, was shot in New Zealand, so we weren't actually in Montana, but the look of the people in that movie, it seems so real. And she especially like really seemed, it was, it was the best thing I've ever seen her do. Um, and, and she's done a lot of work and she's always done, I think she's, I think she's a good actress, but she, she was quite good here. And I completely agree about DeBose being the best, best part of West Side Story. Um, and that Dench probably just didn't have enough screen time. Um, best supporting actor, uh, Troy Kotzer for Coda. He played the father. He's becoming, a, every day he's becoming a heavier and heavier favorite. He seems like he's going to win. The other nominees are Cody Smith-McPhee for Power of the Dog, Syrian Hines for Belfast, Jesse Plemons for Power of the Dog and J.K. Simmons for being the Ricardos. Uh, Jesse Plemons is one of my favorite character actors working right now. And if you had told me from the first season of Friday Night Lights that he was going to be the one of that group that was going to get an Oscar nomination, I would have not believed you for a second. That Look at that cast. And they've kind of underwhelmed, in my opinion. Like, I love that show. Um, but that the f for opening season, that first season cast, I thought would have gone on to like mega stardom, like Freaks and Geeks style. And it didn't really happen. You know, Kyle Chandler has had a nice career. You know, they've all, most of them have, have steadily worked. But Jesse Plemons is the breakout star of that show. Yeah, and he was really, really great in um, in Breaking Bad. Um, he plays a really twisty guy in that. Um, yeah, he's one of the great character actors that we have kind of in this new generation. Um, you know, we, we talk a lot about how we don't have a lot of movie stars, but 
I really feel like there's a lack of character actors going around too. Um, I feel like everything's just gotten kind of diluted, you know, with like the Tom Hollands of the world, who, who's a good actor. Um, but I'm just not sure that Tom Holland would be capable of, of pulling off something like Jesse Plemons did in Power of the Dog. No, but in fairness, like Tom Holland is a much younger. Um, no, Plemons is a better actor right now than Tom Holland is for sure. Um, but um, I also think they're just doing different things. I also don't think Plemons is like, you know, could play a superhero either. Troy Kotzer in Coda is so good. Uh, the stuff he's doing, obviously he's he's deaf, he's not speaking, but the stuff he's even doing with his eyes or his facial expressions are so powerful and so emotional and you completely, you're right there with him the entire time. It's one of the best supporting actor performances I've seen in the last decade. I was really taken taken aback by how good he was and I'm really happy that I think he's going to win. Um, I'll be I'll be excited if, if he ends up taking it home. Yeah, I totally agree. Um, you know, the, the one scene, you know, where, where he's sitting there and she's singing to him and, and, and he's touching her. It's just that's the first time I cried in that movie. It was it was amazing. Um, and, and the lead up to that was so strong that uh, I mean, this guy, I, I don't know how many roles he's going to find himself, uh, you know, being a deaf actor, but he is fantastic. I, I agree. This is one of the best performances I've seen in, in definitely a few years. Okay, we're going to talk screenplay in a second. But before I go any further, I want to tell you folks about the amazing popcorn at Popped Gourmet Popcorn. Popped has a store in Salem, Massachusetts, but they also have an online store at popstores.com that has over 100 flavors available. 100 flavors! They have a full-time popcorn chef that comes up with new and creative flavors each week. They also offer bulk popcorn, corporate gifts, wedding bags, and more. They can do almost anything in any size, and best of all, they can ship anywhere. They sent me over a bunch of flavors to try. I've had the ice gingerbread cookie and white cheddar, but the one that really stuck, and both were very good, but the buffalo cheddar, I ate it while watching Survivor the night, and I, I annihilated the bag. It's so good. Check that one out for sure. Look, this is a perfect option for me when I get home from the movies now that concessions month is over. If you go to popstores.com, that's popped, P-O-P-P-E-D, stores.com, and use promo code MOVIESWITHCHRIS, you'll save 25% off your entire order. That's one word, MOVIESWITHCHRIS, C-H-R-I-S. Go check out their flavors right now. One more thing I want to mention too, before we get off best supporting actor, excuse me. I wanted to bring up Anders Danielson Lai, and he played the... Uh, the older boyfriend in Worst Person in the World. Um, I don't want to give away what happens to that character at the end of the movie, but that third act, uh, is, he's giving one of the best performances I've seen. That movie was really ignored. I'm really upset that movie didn't get more love by the Academy. I absolutely love that movie. Um, and and we'll talk about the screenplay in a minute here. It, it really is one of the best movies of the year. Um, there's there's three great performances in that movie to me. I thought, I thought both of the boyfriends were fantastic. And then obviously... Uh, uh, the lead was just outstanding. I think, uh, I, I hope we see her again. You know, I know that she's out in Norway, you know, this is a Norwegian movie, but I'd love to see her do more work because I was really blown away. So what I think is interesting about this category, especially where you see two nominations for Power of the Dog. Uh, so Jesse Plemons was originally cast to be Paul Dano um, and Kirsten Dunst was originally cast to be Elizabeth Moss. So you see two nominations come out of this movie with with uh, secondary casting. Both of those actors had conflicts on on different projects. So I just think it's really interesting, and I kind of think that speaks to the power of the direction, the power of the script, that you have two new actors who weren't originally intended for those roles come in and both get nominated for uh, supporting actors. It, that's, that's a great point, um, and one I didn't know. Uh, it does feel, it almost feels like those roles were meant for Dunst and for Plemons, so I can't imagine anyone else in those roles to some extent. So uh, that is a good point. Okay, let's talk best original screenplay. Licorice Pizza, Belfast, Don't Look Up, Worst Person in the World, and King Richard. 
Uh, Licorice Pizza is, according to Bovada, the, uh, the odds-on favorite. So even line for them. Is your, are you seeing the same thing from Barstool for original screenplay? I am. Okay. And, and I kind of have an issue with that. I know you, you really like this movie, and, and, and certainly Paul Thomas Anderson's a genius. I, I don't know. I'm not the only one who's had this take, but a 15-year-old and a 20... She just says she's 25. There's also almost an implication that she's actually older. Every time she says her age, she kind of mumbles and hesitates. I, I think there's a chance she's actually older than 25. I don't know. Uh, to me, it's okay. I, I think that other movies have have told a love story better, and I, I just don't really understand the need for that sort of underage relationship that they had going here. Otherwise, it's a great script. I mean, Paul Thomas Anderson writes dialogue with the best of them. Yeah, I love this script. Um, I, I understand the problematic relationship there. I also... I don't agree with it, but I also don't mind necessarily seeing things I don't agree with on screen sometimes either. Having said that though, if it was a, you know, a 23 or 25 year old guy and a 15 year old girl, then I would probably have bigger issues with it. So I'm probably being a hypocrite here, but maybe society reasons or for whatever reasons, it didn't bother me maybe as much as it should have. Uh, but Belfast, I will be rooting for Belfast on Sunday night. Um, and it looks like Belfast could win this. Uh, Licorice Pizza and Belfast are basically almost tied here is for what I'm seeing as far as being the favorite. So. Um, and some people even saying don't look up could win. So I don't know how it goes. I guess the only thing I'm hoping is that don't look up doesn't win, but, uh, anything else on original screenplay before we go to adapted? Yeah. I don't think King Richard or don't look up belongs in this category. Um, I, I thought King Richard was, I mean, you want to talk about the movie that I thought was more cheesy than some of these other ones, you know, Coda's catching all the flack for that, but this movie was, was very cheesy. Uh, the dialogue was okay. Um, you know, they, they build up all this, you know, you've got two of the greatest athletes of all time. And the only tennis match you see is her losing at the end. And then they just cut to like, oh, they think that these are two of the greatest tennis players ever. I just, I think that there was really no build up to any sort of payoff at the end there. I thought the ending was very weak. Um, I, I just didn't think this was a great screenplay. Um, and then don't look up, we've covered. I mean, it's just not a good movie at all. Yeah, I, I agree. King Richard, um, King Richard Love is bizarre to me to some extent. It didn't feel like a, a special kind of movie to me at all. Uh, I thought it was fine, and I don't, I don't think it has any chance of winning. I think the, I think a lot of the love for King Richard has gone away, except for the uh, Will Smith nomination. Like you know that he'll win, but that's the only award that King Richard is going to get on Sunday night. I feel like the King Richard hype has has gone away. Uh, best adapted screenplay. Akota is the favorite. Uh, Power the Dog, Lost Daughter, Drive My Car, and Dune, all nominated. Uh, Power the Dog could also win this. It looks like kind of a two-horse race again. Uh, th this could be a tell for what wins on Sunday night um, as far as best picture goes. Uh, I don't know if that's necessarily fair, but sometimes it's just how it works out. Uh, I'll be rooting for Coda in this category. It is my favorite script of these five, and it's also my favorite movie of these five. But if I had to pick a second, it'd probably be Dune. I loved Dune. Um, Dune was an A minus for me. I, I think the the only drawback with Dune is that they did such a bad job making it a part one. I mean, you're not. I know you don't like the Lord of the Rings, uh, but when you watch the first Lord of the Rings movie, it's a cohesive unit on its own. It doesn't need to be tied to the others. This movie is all build up. Um, I thought it was really well done. I mean, it's going to win a lot of the visual awards. I, I bet it leaves with the most awards of any movie. It's just going to be some of the, the you know the further down ones. But I really loved Dune. Um, I thought everybody was great in it. I thought the, I thought it was really well written. It's really well directed. I mean, Denny Villeneuve is one of the best directors alive. Um, it's a great movie. Um, I really liked it. But yeah, I'm with you. I think Coda wins this and Coda wins Best Picture. I know you want to talk cinematography, so here are the nominees. Dune, Nightmare Alley, Power of the Dog, Tragedy Macbeth, and West Side Story. I'll say first off, Macbeth does look, it's very interestingly shot. 
I don't mind it getting a cinematography nomination necessarily. I was bored of tears. I don't think it's a particularly good movie. I don't think Denzel Washington was even that good in it. I know he got a nomination, but Nightmare Alley to me, I would like to see that. I know it's it's not going to win, um, but that would be that might be my pick uh, if I had to pick one here uh, because I just think it was such an interesting looking movie. Uh, I really enjoyed that one. I really liked it, but I actually disagree with you. Um, I didn't think this was the best shot movie at all. I, I thought that some of like the first act of the movie, I really thought was the I thought the first act and the last act were the best. The middle kind of drags a bit, but I thought that some of the carnival shots looked like a set. And that's how I felt the whole time I watched West Side Story, too. I felt like I was on a set. But Nightmare Alley, it is really well shot. I thought the, cal- the color palette was beautiful um, and it really worked uh, as you got through it. But the beginning of it, I thought, uh, looked a little off-putting. Uh, for me, I would have liked to see Belfast get a nomination here. Um, I know that some of the cinematography was a bit too aggressive, um, but I thought everything he did really worked. Uh, but for me, this is Dune. Um, I don't know that I've seen a movie that looked as good as Dune in, in a few years. So Dune is the heavy favorite here, and I think that's a well-deserving award for them. I think they definitely run away with it here. All right, so the last category we'll cover here, uh, animated feature film. The nominees are Encanto, Flea, Luca, The Mitchells versus The Machines, and Raya and the Last Dragon. I will admit, I've only seen Encanto and Flea. Both were pretty good movies. Um, I enjoyed both of them. Uh, I would, I'm a little sad Sing 2 didn't get a nomination, but I don't know if that's you know playing to the Academy. But Encanto and Flea were both good. If you have, if you get a chance to see Mitchell's versus the Machines, um, it's actually a really strong movie. Um, the animation is really, really well done. Um, it's the best story that was told out of any of these movies. Um, I was a little disappointed personally with Luca and uh, Ryan the Last Dragon. Um, those come from major studios. I really thought that those were going to be a little bit more powerful. Um, and Canto, you, you you've got the kids, you know, wrapped up with the music here. Uh, it didn't do that much for me. But um, I think that probably wins. But my personal pick, Mitchells versus the Machines, uh, head and shoulders above the rest of the crop. Awesome, Mark. You're going to be watching Sunday night. You excited? Absolutely. I'll be one of the 11 and a half million people. We got the over there. Oh, well, you know, oh, you think so? You're agreeing with Kirk on that, huh? I, I hope you're right. I hope you guys I, are both right. Uh, I think there's a lot of draw this year. I think that people, for the first time, you really see like social media and, and, and kind of the buzz around it uh, coming back to life. I think there's a lot of interesting things going on here. Um, I know that they're they're talking about doing a bunch of musical performances. I could really do without that. Um, I don't really think this is the time or the place, but I think a lot of people are going to be tuned in. You know, Dune was a massive movie. People love that. Uh, you got Andrew Garfield. You got Denzel. You got Will Smith. I think people are going to be really interested. I think that um, they need to do a better job kind of building the hype around the best picture. Um, I, I think that if I, I heard a great idea actually on Bill Simmons' podcast to steal their take. Uh, where you eliminate movies as you go throughout. So say, you know, you know, don't look up is no longer in consideration, you know, 15 minutes in. I think that would build a lot of a hype around it. I think people would really enjoy tracking that throughout. So I don't know. I think that they could do a better job, but I think I'm, I'm hearing a lot of people interested in, in, in the Oscars this year. Yeah, my two red flags for the Oscars are, I don't like the hosts, or at least I'm not excited about the hosts. Um, uh, Amy Schumer used to be pretty funny. I think like 10 years ago, she seems to kind of lost that. And then Wanda Sykes, I mean, she's, I, I just have no, I'm just not excited about the host at all. And then my other issue is, okay, you're not going to show these eight awards uh, get presented. You're going to show small clips them. Well, the award show is still the same amount of time. So like, what are you going to do then for three and a half hours? If you're not, cause I'd rather just watch people win awards. Like I know that, you know, maybe best film editing isn't something that people want to see. I wouldn't mind seeing it. And I'd rather watch that than watch, like you said, another musical number. Like, what are they going to do? Like, it's not, if, look, if they told me we're going to remove eight awards and we're going to make the show two hours, I'd be like, all right, I kind of get, it. I disagree, but I understand the mentality. 
But if you're taking away the awards and the show is the same length, like I'm missing something here. I don't, I, I don't want, I don't want to see another hour and a half. Like you said, more, you know, weird choreographed dance numbers. That, that seems like a waste of my time. I'd rather watch the awards. They're trying to catch new eyeballs instead of appealing to the people who actually love the movies. Yeah, I, I agree. And, I, and maybe the part of that problem comes when you nominate movies that nobody's seen. I don't know. All right. Well, I'm glad uh, I'm glad you're here to join me, Mark. I am excited for Sunday. I, you know, even though I'm not super thrilled about the host, I will be. I'm, I, I do. And I am relatively happy with the movies this year. I know maybe we've been a little critical here, but um, this has been a pretty good pool of movies, certainly better than it was last year. And it's certainly better than it was in 2018 or 2017. I think 2019 was a, a very special movie year. But of, it, take that away. This has been the best movie year of the last five years. Easy for me. Yeah, I think there's seven nominations this year that are better than Nomadland. I, I think it's it's a little bit overblown how bad these movies are. I think a lot of them were really good. I'm just not sure there was a great movie this year on this list. Oh, I think Belfast was. I put Belfast. I've got it close to great. Um, I'd have to watch it again, but I loved it though. I did enjoy it. I put worst person in the world is a great movie too, but that didn't get, no, I got the three nominations. So, or two nominations. Oh, it was fantastic. Yeah. Um, awesome. Thank you, Mark. I appreciate it. Talk to you soon, Chris. Thank you. Okay. Update on budget month here. So the good news is I saw, um, uh, I saw it at the Regal Fox run, so I didn't have to pay anything extra for that ticket. The bad news is I had to fill my car up with gas. So every 300 miles I traveled for this project, so just my house, the movie theater, and back, uh, once that adds up to 300 miles, depending on how many theaters I see, I then have to add in a full tank of gas, which my nearby gas station had it at $4.10 a gallon. So I had to tack on $41 to my total. So that brings me to $2,772, which would work out to $34.22 a day or $12,491 if averaged out for the entire year. Still hoping to get that down to 11,000 before the month's over. But listen, going to see a movie every day is a tough task, both logistically and financially. Luckily, with the help of Tom Treshock from CNA Financial Group, you can reduce your worry about the financial planning portion. Tom's approach helps shows your big financial picture and finds ways to build income and protect wealth, all while maintaining your current way of life. To schedule a meeting with Tom to find out more, give him a call at 732-403-7747. Once again, that's 732-403-7747 to book your meeting. Registered representative and financial advisor of Park Avenue Securities, LLCPS, Securities Products and Advisory Services offered through PS, member FINRA, SIPC, CNA Financial Group is not an affiliate or a subsidiary of PAS. Please give Tom Treshock a call. I know he'd be happy to hear from you and talk with you about any financial questions you may have. Okay, Amma. Amma kind of stinks. Uh, it's with Sandra O. Oh. It's a PG-13 horror movie. It's produced by Sam Raimi, but don't let that confuse you. The movie still is, is kind of lousy and boring. Um, it's short. It's only 83 minutes. And the story just doesn't feel complete. This was written and directed by Iris K. Shim. This is the first full-length movie she's ever written or directed. I don't think she did a particularly bad job directing it. Um, the visuals were fine. Since The Ring came out, a lot of movies have that same kind of tone throughout. I know a lot of that is taken from Japanese horror films, and this kind of has that same feeling to it. But, it's just, you know, like I said, it is PG-13, so 
it just feels kind of watered down. Um, the only other notable name here would be Dermot Mulrooney, who, who has a, a smaller part in this film. Sandra O's oh character has the same allergy toward electricity that we saw in Better Call Saul. Better Call Saul, uh, Michael, McKe- Michael McKeon's character, of course, had that. And that show is brilliant and just handled the, the topic much better. Obviously, it also had more time. And then from there, it delves into issues Sandra Oh had with her mother. Uh, her mother was in Korea and then uh, died. And an uncle brings her cremated remains to Sandra Oh's house in a undisclosed part of America. And Sandra Oh slowly gets possessed by her mother. It's a lot of Sandra Oh looking at scary visuals and making a frightened face. Um, but there's no real scares in this movie. It's pretty toothless, the fact that it's PG-13, like I said. And this is just a forgettable... One of the more forgettable films I'll probably see doing this, honestly. Like, I bet in a couple months from now, I'll barely remember this. This is just a, a, a nondescript horror movie that I couldn't even really recommend seeing, like, late at night on Netflix. So this is... It's not terrible, but it's it's certainly not, not worth watching. I'd stay away from Emma. Okay, I will be back on Monday morning with my top 10 Oscar moments in the ceremony from the night before. And I will talk to you folks Monday morning.